Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to The Gold Derby Show on The Gold Derby Podcast Network. Welcome back to Gold Derby. I'm Christopher Rosen, joined by Joyce Singh. Joyce, how how is your Christmas? I don't know, because it's still six days away while we're doing this. The magic of pre-records. We're closing the year with a mailbag episode that we're pre-taping because it's the holiday week. So I don't know what Santa brought or anything, but hopefully it was great. What do you think Santa brought you? It's physical media, probably. I got Santa got me an early present, uh, the Clue on 4K from Shout Factory. <gasps> Clue. Yeah, see, Joyce got to get on the physical. Media. I I love Clue. You know, like when I first watched that, it was in the dark when I was a child and I was scared. Oh, I watched it a lot when I was a kid. It's great. It was so much fun. And uh, just a great movie. Can't wait to watch it. Even and even they, with the multiple endings. The, the multiple endings are great. This one has a all of them at once, obviously, and then a shuffle. You could be surprised. But I never actually saw it except with all the endings in a row. Yeah. That's how because, it used to Because I saw it like years later after yeah. it was out, so... I guess I didn't see it years later, but I mean, I definitely saw it. At, I never saw that in the theater, like, but I definitely saw it on like HBO and stuff when I was younger. Uh, yeah, I couldn't see it in the theater because it came out the same year I was born. So, so you're not going to no, no, not going to see that one. <laughs> uh, but no, so we have nothing but emails here. So uh, it's great. I, th- I feel like the season is kind of slowing down here as we get to the end of the year anyway. So there won't be that many ebbs and flows, uh, or, you know. That's what you think. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't. In the we next don't nine days. And then we come back uh, in January, just nothing but shows, as we've talked about. Too many shows, probably. Too many. Uh, critic, uh, Creative Arts Emmys, Golden Globes, Emmys, Critics' Choice Awards, Oscar SAG nominations, nominations, SAG nominations. BAFTA so we'll all, this. all All our, uh, we'll do all our prediction episodes in January, I guess. But for mailbag choice, we're starting. People emailed us all year. We're so thankful for the emails at slugfest at goldderby.com. You know what we a- should do maybe next year? I don't know if we can do this like live right now. Yeah. But we, you know, since people love to rank their top 10 movies and shit, yeah. we should yeah. rank our top 10 questions. Oh, uh, we can't do that now, but that's great. I know. I mean, we like we, or maybe our- we could do it like in January, you know, yeah. our first step back. Yeah. <laughs> And we'll do a top 10. I got one here about movies too, because I've been asking for it. So that'll be good. Uh, This one is from our old pal, uh, Char, who comments on the YouTube a lot and is a huge NSYNC fan. 
And I had this one saved because uh, I just wanted to just have an enjoyable time to read it. Hi, Joyce and Chris. Uh, first time emailing, even though Char is very active in the comments. I love your weekly banter. And my millennial heart was bursting when you took us back to the early 2000s during the Oscars playback season. Uh, I wanted to discuss your thoughts about best original song. Full disclosure, I'm a massive NSYNC fan and obviously a Justin Timberlake fan. I am still upset that Justin lost out on his Oscar in 2017 for Can't Stop the Feeling, arguably the most popular song of 2016. With the release of Better Place from the Trolls Band Together soundtrack as NSYNC's first new music in 22 years, what do you think are its chances of being nominated? The song is absolutely incredible and a bop. If Justin wins, he would only need a Tony to compete his EGOT, complete his EGOT. And I think the Oscars would absolutely love it if they can, can secure an in-sync performance during the telecast. Joyce, what do you think? Um, I, 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 I don't know where, I feel like the, the, that song has not gotten much traction since they announced that the song exists. No, it hasn't. Uh, we yep. have a lot of fans though who are watching and listening based Listen, on our YouTube. Comments. You know, like I'm I'm a millennial. I loved NSYNC, although I was a Backstreet Girl, but I loved NSYNC, and um, yeah, I I I am not predicting it right now. <laughs> Neither am I. Uh, I don't even know if I was bull. I don't think I was even even being bullied into it. Not bullied. Strongly suggested by the commenters to to predict it. I would just say this is like maybe I say this every year. This feels like a really strong year for original song. There's a lot of good songs. Well, we have a lot of Barbie songs. There's um, a lot of Barbie songs. There's just a lot of other other songs. And a lot of songs. We have Double Diane Warren. You know, we have musicals with songs, original songs. You know, we got a Lenny Kravitz. We got John Batiste. You know, there's Jack there's a Black. lot out there. And I, I feel like Better Place did not really... I feel like it needed to become like a big hit yes and it really wasn't and i'll just say like i never hear it on the radio when i drive it's just never on z100 no i, I have not really heard it at all except for in the movie uh yeah i heard it when it was released back in september you know um and i mean yes it'll be cool to see them perform again on the oscars what uh, if they just yeah. didn't have to be nominated and they threw them on there to perform you mean like what they did with Bruno? Yes. <laughs> I I don't know if they would do that like in this instance because it's again it's not like they did it for Bruno because it was such a huge hit and it could not be nominated. You know. Here's a question: What if they decided to do it? Uh, they could do a whole Oscars concert, like during the show. Not during the show. Maybe before the show. That's that's just, too that's too many things. You have too many ideas. You have now. too many things. That's and the show's many. starting early. You don't this need anyway. all this stuff Next anyway. Um, but you know, like while you're reading that question, um last night I listened to Smart List. This is this yeah. is this will be over a week old now. But yeah. Carrie Mulligan was on and she because like they were asking her about, oh, like were you um a, a fan of like Marcus Mumford's type of music? You know, uh -huh. before, like, because you know, they used to be pen pals and then they reconnected when they sure. were adults. And she was like, No, like, you know, I, um, like when I went to like boarding school, I like, I, they, like, my friends called the music I listened to, like, Carrie Trash. She was like, I was into like, um, S Club Seven, Backstreet Boys, and Westlife, and then Jason Bateman. 
broke my heart and goes backstreet boys was that the one with justin timberlake and she's like no that was in sync like pain pain there's I would say that's that's a bit. There's zero percent chance he's never heard. He doesn't know. No, the but difference. like they're they're they. I mean, I I listen to a lot of smart lists and like a lot of the stuff. Like you know, like they're genuinely like oblivious. And other times you could tell it's a bit. God, so. that's bleak. Yeah. Uh, this one's from John Joyce. Hi, Joyce and Chris. I'm proud to be one of your pioneer emailers when you launched the email segment of your show. Back then, I was heavily pushing for Dolly DeLeon to get a notice because I was so excited to see a fellow Filipino being recognized as a serious contender during award season, and I wanted to show my full support. So yes, you guys are global. I'm listening from the Philippines. Thanks, John. Uh, moving my question. Every year, I always look forward to the Critics' Choice Award for Young Performer, mainly because I find their speeches heartwarming, genuine, and it always outshines all the speeches of the winners in the other categories. I hope they'll consistently televise this category. My question for you both is who do you think will win this year that's from john and joyce i pulled up the nominees because in case we forgot best young actor actress at the critics choice awards abby ryder forston for are you there god it's me margaret ariana greenblatt for barbie Calla lane for wonka milo machado grainer for anatomy of a fall dominic sessa for the holdovers and madeline yuna voles for the creator um it is true about their speeches like remember alan kim's speech adorable that was over zoom but still here's streaming down his face um i hmm they would all be great well i know who you want to win is milo yes he needs to be getting a lot more supporting actor love and he's not getting that this year Mm -hmm. um i rewatched uh margaret over the weekend and abby's great she's awesome yeah but are we so what are we picking like who we think will give the best speech we could do whatever we want i feel like they they might all give good speeches i don't know who do you want to win i want milo to win. you want milo who do you think will win um dominic i too think dominic will win based on the holdovers support and love but I think all of these would be really probably pretty solid. Yeah. Like Abby would be cool. I I love Callaline and, and Wonka. Great chemistry with Timmy. So good. Like underrated good. I, I mean, that's like a really good category this year. Yeah. Um, like we talked about last week, last year, it went to Gabriel LaBelle. Yes. Great performance in uh, The Fablemans, a movie that seemingly has been forgotten to time. I was, so um, it's so weird to see uh, Golden Globes ads on CBS, but, mm-hmm. you know, they exist now. Sure. And so they were just showing, you know, highlights from this past ceremony. And it was just like, remember when The Fablemans won picture and director? <laughs> I feel like we'll go down. that Last year... We did Fableman's Dirty and Babylon Dirty. That's my big takeaway. I feel like those movies will both age really well uh, in the, though maybe not because nobody remembers they exist, but I think they're both great movies. All-time classics from all-time filmmakers. Um, yeah, it's it's been one year since both. So along those lines, Joyce, here's a, here's a little homework for us that we'll do on the fly. 
Hi, Joyce and Chris. I'm Carlos, and my question is not about the Oscars. I'm just curious about your curious about your favorite movies from some of the most acclaimed directors in the history of cinema. Here is a list. You can go through them one by one so you don't miss any of them. I will put my favorites in brackets. You don't need to read that, Chris. What if I did, though, Carlos? Uh, first up is Steven Spielberg. Carlos picked Jurassic Park. What's your well, favorite? Well, you don't mind as SPR, Saving Private Ryan. So Saving Private Ryan is yours. I think I would probably go... I mean, Jurassic Park is not, it's tough. He's had so many good movies. I guess I'll pick something that's not Jurassic Park and not Saving Private Ryan. I guess mine would probably, I'll say Catch Me If You Can because it's the one I actually love watching the most. So yeah, it's not maybe his best, but I think it's maybe the most It doesn't need to be the best. It just needs to be your fave. Yeah. Uh, Martin Scorsese. Oh, easy, Departed. Uh, I'm going to say Goodfellas, but Departed and Wolf of Wall Street would be on a certain, maybe different days of the week. I would pick those, uh, but those are his three best by far. David Fincher, Joyce. Oh, God. Um, Zodiac. I think Social Network for me. Uh, Carlos picked Fight Club, another good Is one. Is that because Social Network came out on your birthday? Yeah. yeah. Not only because of that, but yeah. <laughs> it's the best. It's still the best movie. I, I think it's so good. Uh, Christopher Nolan, Joyce. Um, you know, it's not recency bias, but I would say Oppie. Uh, Carlos and Oppenheimer, and I too would say Oppenheimer, I think. Isn't that crazy? And I love all of his I, I, like, I, yeah, love, I love all of his movies. And but you know what? When I walked out of Oppie, I was like, I think that's my favorite Nolan. And I don't say that about um a lot of directors like immediately after I get out of seeing no. their film, you know. So good. Uh it yeah. still remains the best. Uh mm-hmm. Stanley Kubrick, Joyce. Hmm. I don't think about this one that much. Um, I was thinking last week, right? Last week or two weeks ago, maybe? Two I weeks know. ago. Um, after uh, Ryan O'Neill died about uh, Barry Lyndon. Mm-hmm. Great film. I've only seen that once. It's kind of long. Yeah. Um, maybe that. That's good. Carlos picked yeah. Paths of Glory. Okay. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people listening would say like 2001. I'm going to go uh, Full Metal Jacket. Because that was like my first Kubrick movie, probably, as weird as that maybe is, just based on the era and the time. And I just really liked it. Uh, Billy Wilder. The Apartment. Same. Basic. Basic. So, so obvious. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola, Joyce. Um... I mean, I'm not like a huge Godfather person, but I I do like the first two mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot. Um, I do like Apocalypse Now. It's a great movie. It's um, made some great movies, and then also Jack. Know, I think I think the the first um Coppola movie I saw was actually the rainmaker <laughs> wow nice mine might have been jack i think or the outsiders probably the outsiders actually mm-hmm. um oh. i yeah i feel like i saw all of those like around the same time mm-hmm. so yeah i don't i don't know because i don't like i think i like a lot of his movies but i don't know if i've ever decided that like this one is like my favorite of his 
I would Carlos is Godfather Part One, and I actually would also say Godfather Part One, even though I know that it's popular to say two is better. But having rewatched them within the last like five years, I'm like, man, you know what's a great movie? The Godfather, <laughs> just great, <laughs> super super hot take here, but uh, it's pretty good. So I know go that's so that. basic. I mean, I guess I could say that. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, Alfred Hitchcock, Joyce. We're going way back. Oh God. Um, this just reminds me. This is like completely off topic, but yeah. my friend was editing a story, and her writer called it "The Bird." Oh, so, I love the bird. Yeah, just Great just movie. one. Just so the since one. then, we one like, really our, fucked up bird. Yeah, our inside joke is just like the bird, just one, <laughs> just that one bird, single one. <laughs> um it's so scary just that one bird I mean, that would be pretty scary though if there was one bird just right in your face i, I guess time. it depends on what kind of bird it is how is that not a blumhouse movie just one really just annoying one, bird. Just one bird what if i just say you. the bird um god there's so many uh i love strangers on a train that's a good one um rebecca is good i don't know that's hard i would do uh North i don't know North if i would West. actually do psycho though i wouldn't do psycho either but it's great i would do north by northwest or vertigo oh yeah for mm-hmm. mine uh yeah. quentin tarantino joyce hmm you know i like once upon a time in hollywood a lot <laughs> I, I actually think that might be my favorite too uh <laughs> even ahead of pulp fiction uh yeah Carlos i just like when leo gets to be funny Me too. and i love the frozen margaritas they look so good. It looks like the greatest thing. If I could get like an analog thing, it would be that blender that he has that he makes yes. those marks. That's really cool. Uh, Pris- uh, Priscilla, I almost said. Uh, Sophia Coppola. I really like Priscilla. Is it's- that your favorite one of hers? It might be. I don't. I love the Virgin Suicides too. I think I'll still go with Lost in Translation. I've only seen the Priscilla the one time, but it, it is definitely my second favorite at least. I haven't seen it again, and I haven't seen Lost in Translation in a very long time um i would say like priscilla is probably my favorite since the virgin suicides yeah uh and then sorry oh i closed the email tab oh no who was the last one oh catherine bigelow joyce um i mean i i do like the hurt locker because i love runner (laughs) i'm gonna go uh strange days uh classic um and i do i mean point break point break, break. is actually fine <laughs> i rewatched um, it i mean it's just good. like it's a it's a classic though and i do like zero dark 30 it, which got screwed i i loved zero dark 30 when i saw it and then obviously it got annihilated and i haven't seen it since but i'm like man i'd love to revisit it it was quite good oh i've seen it several times since um but yeah it was it was done dirty uh, it's after the holidays, Joyce, wink, wink. But this one I, I've been saving because I just thought it was so great. It, our, our friend Daniel, who writes, Dear Joyce and Chris, I messaged once before telling you that I listened to your podcast to make my time at the gym more interesting and that doing so messed up my workout because you're too entertaining. And in true Joyce style, I was put down, quote, sorry for interrupting your reps. Months have gone by, and you're both still messing up the exercise part of my life. Thank you. I love it. 
as Christmas approaches or has just passed, and given that you've hinted at Christmas films at the Oscars in the context of your excellent discussion of the holdovers, I was wondering who would you hand out the top eight prizes to in a Christmas Oscars? I know Chris gets a lot of very long emails and it's hard to read the entire thing. So I'll break here at the question and I'll be fascinated to hear your answers. Thanks for your wonderful podcast. You make my world better. That's from Daniel. Now Daniel better. has his list, which I'll read as we do it. Uh, and I'll read it in the order he did. So we start with best supporting actor in a Christmas movie, Joyce. I'll give you Daniel's answer and then we can discuss who we would pick. Uh, Daniel went with uh, Alan Rickman in Die Hard. We're counting Die Hard as a Christmas movie. It, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Bill Simmons is on Twitter still trying to pretend it's not. That is the stupidest hill it's to die on. I mean, I cannot believe it. It is clearly a Christmas movie. Uh, so he has Alan Rickman for Die Hard. A great performance and a great pick. A great performance. And he could also qualify for Love Actually, too. A, a lot of people can qualify for sure. Love Actually bill nye yeah you know bill nye i would put over rickman for love actually yeah same um i i mean it's so obvious but i would do like joe pesci from home alone damn i was gonna say joe pesci from home alone too we've been watching it endlessly <laughs> i watch he's... it again because i watch it every year obviously like millions of other people do he is so funny it is truly doing goodfellas in home alone it's the best i mean what thing. a year 1990 oh god goodfellas not in the same year the biggest star on earth he's so funny in it like truly funny uh it, it's really great i think bill nye would be on this list for me alan rickman seemingly is another good pick um i don't who else is there i don't know I'm i don't big, i don't what were you like, gonna say no i mean like i don't really think of them in terms of like christmas movies um uh I don't know. I'm like, what I do? I I just like because I saw like an ad for Elf on I don't know whatever, like Max or something or sure. Disney. I don't know. I, I mean, like, would, Elf, I, would I nominate Con? anyone from Elf? I don't know. Well, I would definitely. We'll do that in a minute. But I I think James Con can get in. I, I uh, Henry yeah. Travers from It's a Wonderful Life who played Clarence would be a good pick. Yeah. Um. I mean, my. My favorite rom-com is also a Christmas movie while you were sleeping. Mm -hmm. Great. And then I'm like, but who would, would I do any of them? Yeah. Who would be the supporting actor there? Um, Peter Gallagher asleep. He's, he's, he's a great sleeper. Um, yeah. So it's like, well, him or Peter Boyle, who is like fun, you know, That's but fun. I don't know if I would do him. So, Supporting yes. actress. Daniel picked Michelle Pfeiffer for Batman Returns, which we're counting as a Christmas movie. Great performance. Obviously. Would have, could have been an Oscar. He should movie. have been nominated for the Oscars. Um, uh, yeah, that's a good pick. Um, I would do Emma Thompson from Love, actually. Nice. Mm -hmm. uh, I would do uh, either Carol Kane from Scrooge, but I'm going to have Scrooge elsewhere, so I probably won't do it. Or uh, You could double up. I, miss, I guess I could double up. Um, uh, Daniel has Diane Keaton in the Family Stone. I also thought of uh, I love the Family Stone. Rachel McAdams in the Family Stone. You know, if if we do like SAG nominations, yeah, for ensemble, that would, that would be a good ensemble. Yeah, that like Love Actually, like good good ensemble nominations. 
Uh, original screenplay, he's got Chris Columbus for Gremlins, Joyce. Um, uh, I don't know. Mm. I would maybe I, do Home Alone, but... Yeah, like, I was like, I, I'm, I'll probably do Home Alone and, like, while you were sleeping. <laughs> I mean, I would say Elf, I think, could be in this. Uh, mm -hmm. What about Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? Your fave. Great movie. Sure. Or, uh... Those are all, I mean, I don't even know. Lethal Weapon, I guess. All the Shane Black. A lot of the Shane Black movie. <laughs> uh, adapted screenplay. Daniel has Scrooged, and I probably too would have Scrooged. Uh, just a, fu a really funny movie. I would have Greta Gerwig's Little Woman. Great choice. Top, top tier choice. Incredible. Yes. Incredible pick. Mm -hmm. uh, for best actress. Daniel's oh, so nominee was Kate uh, Blanchett for Carol. Another, we're counting it as a Christmas Another movie. great Christmas movie. Yes. Um, I mean, you could do both of them. Truly. Yeah. Uh, this, this, mm, I mean, like, I could just do Sandy for while you were sleeping. Just go <laughs> down the ballot. <laughs> a great choice, down the ballot. I might do uh, Saoirse Ronan for Little Women. <laughs> Great. Um, I also like Winona in the '94 Little Woman. You can also mm -hmm. do Michelle Pfeiffer in lead for Batman Returns. Wow, twist. Yeah. Uh, a lot of good Christmas movies, as it turns out. Um, I feel like we're saying the same ones, but I'm, I'm like, trying to look at other. I'm I looking at like movies. I don't know if I, I would watched, nominate. I watch the same ones. That's the thing. Like we watch yeah. a lot of the same ones. Um, let me see. Best actor. Best actor, I would do Macaulay Tolkien. For Home Alone. Yes. That's awesome. Uh, Daniel chose Jim, Jimmy Stewart for It's a Wonderful Life. Can't really go wrong there. Uh, and he, here's some he writes. Surely we can discuss Cary Grant, Jack Lemmon, Bruce Willis, and even my personal guilty pleasure, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, which I can only imagine is the night before. Uh, but can we actually discuss this? And yes, there are a lot of Scrooges, but I really don't think this one is up for debate. Is it? I guess I would say, what about uh, Michael Caine and Muppet Christmas Carol would be my maybe pick. Wow. Just a great performance. Michael Caine does more drama with fucking Muppets than most actors can do in, with real people. So it's great. That's that's like, that's quite a poll. <laughs> uh, I also think Bill Murray would warrant mention. He's great. Macaulay Culkin is actually quite fun in Home Alone. Uh, I mean, he should have won the Globe. And I would say Will Ferrell for Elf, which I actually think should have been an Oscar nominee, which we talked about when we did that episode in Oscars playback. But he's great in Elf. Just the best. You know what Christmas movie I see a lot just because it's like on TV? Is what? Four Christmases. Oh, wow. I haven't seen that in a long time. I've seen it so many times. I'm I'm in a Reese mode because we just finished the morning show. The last people on you earth. You finally finished, finished it show. months after I told you what happens. It was absolutely incredible. It's completely unhinged. It is whoever, whatever extra. I don't even. I, I I could look this up, but I'd almost rather not know. Is I know they changed showrunners twice already, right? So this is a new showrunner for season three and four. Is that right? Mm -hmm. The greatest cha showrunner change in the history of shows. It was just incredible. It just it's so it's so entertaining and like 
I I can't even call it like amazing television, but it's amazing television. It, it was it's almost recklessly entertaining. Every yeah. single actor just doing the exact right assignment, understanding the assignment. And they're uh, all also like on different shows, but the same show. Uh, absolutely, I cannot wait for. I, when it ended, I was like, I, I literally cannot wait for season four. Uh, I don't know who's going to be back on it, but I can't wait to see. They they should bring. I mean, like now, John Hamm is owned by Apple, so he just needs to come back. John Hamm, one of the great performances, and yet still somehow not as good as Billy Crudup, who's so unhinged on the show. I mean, uh, he's like Bill, Billy's been aces in season one. I I know, and an Emmy winner. I actually think this show is we I we we lo- all we all laughed at the Critics Choice Awards for for going so gaga for this season, and now I'm like, what oh this- oh no, it's it's just like obviously, Succession is better than the morning show. Sure, it's this is like, like it's just funny that it got more nominations it, than Succession. What if it sweeps all the drama Emmys next year in a, in a in a year without a lot of shows? I really think it could go far. I mean, listen, it could finally make series. It will it's, definitely it's make series. never made series. It should win. It could get like eight acting nominees. I think it's gonna be so good. Uh, anyway, uh, I don't even know how we got on the morning show for Reese for four, four Christmases. Christmases. Wow, Reese Witherspoon, Great. Vince Vaughn. Uh, best director for a Christmas movie, Daniel had Tim Burton for Edward Scissorhands. Um, sure. I mean, maybe we could go Todd Haynes for Carol since he's never won an Oscar. Yeah, and has only, he's never even nominated for director. So let's give him a Christmas Oscar yeah. for Carol. <laughs> uh, and then best picture. What's the best Christmas movie? Uh, Daniel picks The Bishop's Wife. I'm awarding this based on best Christmas film. It has it all. It's not modeling. It has an angel, a plot driven by the complexity of love and family, Christmas trees, ice skating. What's missing? Hmm. What win best picture? Best at your Christmas Oscars. Well, this is like what I would vote for. Sure. You just going to go down the ballot with Home Alone or while you're sleeping? I think I would vote for Home Alone. As the best Christmas movie. I actually, having just watched it about 300 times in the last two weeks, I might actually agree. It's just, a per- it is really a perfect Christmas so, movie. It and then, the- you know, like, because I, it, it came out when I was a kid and I sure. watched, I've seen it a million times when I was a kid and it's just like, hit wish fulfillment. You it know? really does have like a lot of the themes of Christmas. Yeah, and like perfect music, John Williams. If 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 we have Christmas Oscars for original score, obviously that, yeah, would, obviously. yeah certainly. So and like great performances, um, iconic lines. My friends and I just say "Buzz your girlfriend Wolf" to each other. The great, the uh, just a great line. So, yeah, and then like you know, it's it's like heartwarming, but not too saccharine. Yeah. I could see it being on there. Scrooge. I think I would actually maybe say Scrooge just to be different. I just think that is similarly uh, a classic retelling uh, of a Christmas story with just enough, like, you know, cockeyed, uh, not as maudlin as it could be. And then the ending is just great. Bill Murray just going off for 20 minutes. And he's so, he's just so fun. And I just think he's like quite, quite good in it. Uh, Just a great Scrooge he makes. Uh, so those are Christmas Oscars, Joyce. Wow. Nothing for the holdovers. A little too recency bias. Um, or unbiased. 
I mean, I don't know. We just picked Oppie as our favorite Nolan. True. Movie. Uh, I, you know, like, I like the holdover. It's not my fave, though. No. So. Uh, this one is from Nick. Hi, Chris and Joyce. Uh, since 2009, all the Best Picture winners except Birdman were made by directors with no previous Best Picture nominees. I wonder if you have any theories on why that might be. Why have the more established directors been failing to take the top prize? Is this a fluke, the preferential ballot, or beginner's luck? That's from Nick. Yeah, um, this has been happening for a while, and I feel like we talk about it um, like like every year mm-hmm. with like the lineups every year. You know how, um, like you know Steven Spielberg's not going to get another one like the past two years. Yeah, now, even though he's Steven Spielberg. Um, I think it's like, you know, they've, when they started aggressively expanding the membership, like, what is it now? Like seven years ago or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think it's partially due to that, although obviously it was starting before that. And then it's just kind of like, um, you know, like what is the, the movie of the moment too, you know, and obviously yes. there's been a lot of splits the picture and director um but i i feel like they're not voting on legacy as you might think they would absolutely i don't i don't i think it's a mix of the movie of the moment and also the they there's just no re also i think a lot of times we're just with nolan is the exception we'll see if i mean he's never won so like if he ends up winning for oppenheimer but like you're saying like i think a lot of people are walking out going that was the best Christopher Nolan movie. Fewer people are walking out going, that was the best Steven Spielberg movie for Fablemans, or that was the best Martin Scorsese movie for Flower Moon, or like that was the best whatever movie, you know, and all of these major directors who have had movies, I think it, they are hurt by the fact it's similar with performances. Like we've seen like with like Meryl Streep, right. Or whatever. We, they're hurt by the fact Tom Hanks, they're hurt by the fact that our memory of their great performances is never going to ex- be exceeded by the new stuff. Or rarely is. And so that coupled yeah. with like the movie of the moment, I feel like rarely do these filmmakers make the movies of the moment, nor should they, because they're like from another era, right? Like so like I, I... Yeah, it's almost like it's like they're they're like too iconic and that's maybe kind of hurting them too. It's like they have to live up to people's expectations of them. Yeah. And like obviously some people think, you know, Flower Moon is like Marty's best movie too. Yeah, yeah, some people, but, might, but it's also, um, yeah, I think it's just kind of like the overall excitement factor for that project itself, and like sometimes it's like narrative driven too. And then when we do have splits, like sometimes, like you know, the director of the best picture winner is just not nominated, right? You know, so, and then like the the rectum winner is usually like the more like the bigger technical achievement mm-hmm. you know like roma um so that was like a another repeat win for alfonso like you know he's he's won best director twice without his film winning um and then like the revenant it's you know that's again like the but the more technical film like not spotlight mm-hmm. directorially um yeah so but they had like a lot of 
these like you know like parasite was a huge thing nomadland i mean that was also the covid year you know and then yeah like power of the dog and coda <laughs> like sean Hader not nominated but that it was just like everyone just agreed like you know jane campion her best time. director right yeah it's time and also like the more technical achievement too and then yeah. you know everything everywhere that was the movie of the moment so right it didn't matter like that was the thing like early on season last year because it was like oh are these like two dudes gonna win over you know like these more established directors you know like mm -hmm. steven spielberg mm -hmm. and like todd field coming back and like the Martin answer was Jeff. yes yeah <laughs> do you think which of the, the the thing with this year that i think is interesting is that like you could argue all of these are the movie of the moment or none of them are, which I think is like fun. There's not like a one single one that I think of this list that really qualifies. Director is still like stressing me out because I, I don't know what to do outside. If we like everyone agrees on the top three, I don't know what to do of the, about the last two spots. I think I have right now, I believe I have uh, Nolan Scorsese, Greta Gerwig, Yorgos Lanthimos and Jonathan Glazer. Yeah, I have Alexander Payne instead of Glazer right now. I think Celine Song could get in. Like, we've talked about this. It's tough because the branch is so insular, but there's a lot of passion, I think, for that movie still. I think Bradley's not far off. I really think he could get in. I would not put him above those people you just mentioned um, or... Justine Trier. And Justine Trier can get in. I, I'm not putting him above it, but I mean, like... He's in the know. top 10, but I wouldn't put him above those. He's in the top 10. I guess he's closer to getting nominated than I maybe gave him credit for. I think it's not that far out. Um, Will be interesting. Uh, Joyce, this one is from Duncan, who emailed us at slugfestigolderby.com. It's more, it's like maybe a, a sliding doors-esque uh, holiday season uh, narrative or suggestion. Let's see. Hi, guys. Big fan of the show and hope you've got nice, cozy, holdovers-esque Christmases planned. We did. It was great. I had a couple of Oscar hypotheticals for this year that I was curious to hear your thoughts on. All about how the race would shift if certain people had previously won or lost past races. First is, let's say Julianne Moore doesn't win her Oscar for Still Alice in 2014. That the career win narrative didn't take hold. If she went into this year with, therefore, one of the most overdue narratives in the industry, which should become a front runner for May-December ahead of Devon Joy Randolph and Danielle Brooks. Let's start there. So she doesn't win for Still Alice. And yes. then we're just assuming she, as in real life, has not been nominated since. Yes. Well, first of all, who won instead of her back then? Well, let's see. It was he her, Marion Cotillard. We can do it. Felicity Jones for the theory of everything. Um, Reese for Wild, and Rosamund Pike for Gone Girl. I mean, if it was up to me, it would have been Rosamund Pike. Rosamund Pike for yeah, Gone but Girl. it was very weak. It couldn't even get into screenplay. I know, but I'm just saying, like, let's say Rosamund Pike wins deservedly so for for Gone Girl. Uh, so then and Julianne they could face up again this year in supporting actors. They could. So then Julianne Moore still without an Oscar coming into this year of May, December. I personally don't think she would win with this. Um, She would have the narrative, though. Yes. 
Um, and I think she, I, so I, I think she would be heavily predicted at the start of this, like in the summer, you know, at, yes. cause like the movie yes. May, December premiered at Cannes and it got like good enough reviews, not too hyperbolic, you know, which I think was good for it now when people yes. are watching it and loving it. So I do think she would have been predicted to win. I think it'll be like she and the color purple ladies as they were in real life, the color purple ladies would have been popular picks to win. Yes. And then yes. like Emily Blonde coming in after Oppie opens. Um, because like I don't think Davine really came in. She might have been like flirting in like the fifth spot or something over the summer, but I don't think she really came in until the fall. And especially you know. after Lily left. Yes. Um so so I do think Julianne would have been heavily predicted like right. early in the season. And then are we just assuming everything else like the other contenders played out the same way? I think so. So um I I don't think Davine would be sweeping critics awards as she is currently um she's has probably won a lot more in the the nine days between recording and this publishing <laughs> but as of this recording she has not lost a supporting actress mm -hmm. critics award she's lost the gender neutral awards yes but not supporting actress Correct. and i kind of feel like maybe now people are like afraid to go against the grain. It's like, it's really weird because I feel like it's like, she's great in the movie, but I also feel like it's rubber stamping because like people see her winning. So they feel like they need to vote for her too. And mm -hmm. it's like, this is my whole thing. It's like, there are tons of other great performances out there and you cannot convince me that every critic across the country thinks agrees. this is the best one. Yeah, I think there's like, what, like 20 groups that have announced now. There's and probably like, 20 more uh, at least especially in this category where there's like yes which is so open and eight like, people yeah like rachel mcadams is literally the only person right now who's won an award in that category and that's only because la does double winners mm -hmm. you know so it's like yeah you, you like you could give more to rachel too like she's she's there you could give it to julianne too but anyway so I, I I don't think Davon would be sweeping like she is now because I think like Julianne might win some. Yeah, I think that's right. I think it would if she was had not won. I would say the thing I would say is I I still think Julianne Moore's like could not get she might not get nominated at the Oscars right now, right? Like I have her in, you have her in, and I think she's in the top five in the odds. But it's like possible that she gets knocked off. Um, and I think she would absolutely be getting in without question if she had not won previously. That would be my how far I would take it. I don't know if she would have enough to win, but I think she would eat, automatically be in the top three. I mean, I think she can win, especially if, like, what is happening to Davine is ha happening to her, even if yeah. she is not sweeping, hypothetically, yeah. you yep. know, but if she's, like, winning enough. Right. You know, and then, again, she'll also have narrative, too. Okay. So. Next one for Duncan. Next hypothetical. If Emma Stone lost her Oscar for, Isla, for La La Land, and still didn't win for Battle of the Sexes or The Favorite as follow-ups. Would there be any stopping her this year? So, who won instead? Is so, that there? I guess so. It was Ruth Nega, Natalie, or Jackie, and Meryl. 
for Florence Foster Jenkins. We could do another. We could. I'm sure. I don't even know if it's on here. No, he doesn't have it on there. But we could also do if Natalie won, or whatever. I guess we didn't have Natalie. If Natalie won, won for Jackie. Yeah. So she would have two Oscars. Yeah, but anyway, whatever. I think I think Isabel Hubert would have won. So let's go. So I don't think so Emma has not won at all. Yes. I'm. I guess my personal thing would be, I'm not sure that there's a compared to like like some of these other actors i don't think there would be like a it's time or we need to give emma stone an oscar for this i i kind of feel like if she hadn't won for la la land she probably would have won for the favorite maybe maybe because it was like because like when she won for la la land it wasn't like because the movie was so big but it was it was just like her time right you know, as she was like the hottest actress at the moment, mm-hmm. and she already had a previous nomination for Birdman. Um, and then so I feel like if she had laws for that, and then like her going supporting for the favorite, I mean, like that was like you know, like three leads, but like you know, she and Rachel went supporting, and um, like I do think she could have won for that, so that means she would have beaten Regina King. Mm-hmm. who was in a weak film mm-hmm. too and you know like the fa- so the favorite would have won actress and supporting actress <laughs> um but if she hadn't won for that i i think she would be very competitive now because i think right now a lot of the justification for her not winning is that she has already won and right. it was less than a decade ago but right. i think if that argument is not there there would be a bigger push, especially among like pundits right. and like film Twitter to be like, yeah. Yeah. she can definitely win. I mean, she hasn't won yet. And even with this and all those, like the narrative that she already won, she's still like right there with Lily Gladstone, obviously. Yeah. But so. I think like her having won just makes it easier in people's minds to be to like, she doesn't dis- need to win. Right. To dismiss her. Right now. Yeah. Last one. You know, I'm going to love this one. If Bradley Cooper won his deserved 2018 best actor Oscar, then this year would he still be perceived as a default front runner, or would the narrative then lean toward Murphy or Giamatti? So I don't um, even use the front runner, right? I think. Let me look as we're recording this. I think Killian's still in first. I think Killian's still in first too. No, he if he had won for a Star Is Born, he would not be seen because I think he's only seen as the front runner now because he did not win for a Star Is Born. I think that's true. He's second place behind Killian. Um, if he had won already, would he be lower down the list? I think he would still get nominated because it's Definitely. just it's like like classic bait. Yeah, um, but I don't think people would be predicting him so much mm-hmm. to win or predicting him to win again so soon because right. he just won five years ago. Right. So yeah, I'm and I'm like. You know, like the same thing could happen to him this year that happened to him last time. You know, he's up against this huge fan favorite blockbuster that's closing in on a billion dollars at the box office that stars Rami Malek. You know, it's a biopic about a famous figure. Would be. And he's playing a musician, too. The only difference is, like, he's playing a real person this time at, like, prosthetics and everything so but i mean i think this time like 
you know, I currently don't have him in getting into director. Um, and I also don't have my in screenplay. Like he got screenplay last time. Right. For A Star is Born. So he might be even like nomination wise weaker this time than last time. Let me see here. This one is from our pal Seb. Emailed us at slugfest at goldderby.com. Hey, Joyce and Chris, it's me again. With the wink emoji. Emily Blunt is currently a contender for Best Supporting Actress for Oppenheimer, and I really liked her performance in it, but I did not necessarily love it. But I would love for her to finally get a long overdue Oscar nomination. She should have been nominated for A Quiet Place, for which she actually won a SAG award, in supporting LOL, but that was a great win. I think she will get the Oscar nomination, but it seems there is not really passion behind her, so she is just hanging in there. I can see her getting one snub before finally landing the Oscar nomination. I don't know why, but I think she could be snubbed at SAG, even though the movie is an early release year, uh, early of the year, early year release, which SAG loves. What do you think? If she'll get snubbed at SAG? Yeah. Um, I, I don't think she'll get snubbed at SAG because they're, they're just so broad and mainstream and obviously she's won before and it was such a big hit and was an early release i can maybe see her getting snubbed at bafta if she is not top three yeah because i don't think she would be a jury pick i think she i mean i would actually if you had asked me to wager on that i would wager on that actually happening i think she won't get in at bafta but I, I can see her being top three just because Oppie is so big. Yeah. You know, and like they yeah. have nominated her before. So um, like she she was nominated for Devils Were Prada um, and Girl on the Train. So. Right. So and then, yeah, you know, like we expect Oppie to be huge. So I think she could be top three mm-hmm. there. But I think if she's not top three, she she'll miss that. Um. But I think like she is okay for the Oscar nomination because I just the way that category is unfurling right now, like a lot of open spots. And I think she she'll just be, you know, coattailing on Oppie being such a strong film. Right. So I think she'll get in. Um, I don't think she'll win. And I I I mean, like at this point, Devon is sweeping everything, so she she probably won't win any, like not yeah. even like a regional critics award. So, yeah. uh, this one is from Kia. Hi, Joyce and Chris. Thank you so much for the amazing shows. They are so fun to watch. Thanks also for representing both ends of the spectrum, the stoic and the reactionary of award watchers. You two are truly the Warren Buffett and Sam Bankman Freed of award season speculation. Wow. I won't say who's who. Hard to imagine who we who would be who in that. I can't even can't figure it out based on the earlier part. Such a uh, <laughs> my question is, if we could only hand out one Oscar this year, which category would you pick and who would you give it to? You just have one Oscar to give out in any category, Joyce. What would it be? Uh, I don't know. In any category. Hmm. I feel like I need to look at <laughs> I know. All my predictions. Any category. Uh... Hmm. 
because there's a lot of like I have favorites in every category. I know, but I don't know if like if I choose if I choose one above the rest. It's very difficult. Um. Hmm. Normally, I'm like inclined to go to the writing categories first because sure. those are my faves. But I don't even know who I would pick from these. I mean, I feel like you're a big May December person. I am. Should I just do May December for original screenplay? I mean, Sammy Birch, represent. Okay, I'll just do that. I might. I'll do Ryan Gosling for Barbie. Truly, one of the, my favorite things I've ever seen. I think it's like one of the all-time great comedy performances. I said that after we saw it. I've seen it many times since. Uh, and it remains. Did you watch the ASL version on Max? Not yet, no. But I'm excited for, by the time you're watching this, I will have probably listened to Ryan Gosling's new recording of I'm Just Ken many times. It's coming out tomorrow. Yes. Uh, this one is from Alex Joyce. Along those lines, hi, Joyce and Chris. I'm a huge fan. Uh, I'm emailing because Chris keeps asking for someone to ask about his best movies of the oh, year. Yeah, you need to be prompted. You just can't offer it yourself for some reason. Actually, right. So, so fulfilling Chris's wish. Joyce, I know you don't actually rank things, but if you want to tell us your favorites, uh, that would be nice too. Well, well, you thank you, you for asking. I could open your notes app. It's not, it's it's very uncouth to actually have to do it yourself. So I'm going to pull up my, I have it on letterbox, Joyce. You're going to, is, is this your top 12? Because they've been asking for a top 12. I could do top 12. I, I, I don't, you know, that's fine. So I'm going to do reverse order based on that. 12 I have is, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. This is what I have on my list right now. Could change. All of this is subject to change. Uh, 11 May, December. Great movie. Now the top 10. No hard feelings at 10. Delightful. <laughs> well, funniest movies of the whole year. Seen it twice. Still funny. Uh, nine was Priscilla. Great movie. Then American Fiction at number eight. I have Bottoms at number seven. Just a classic Chris movie. This year's Do Revenge. Uh, Leave the World Behind at number six. Absolutely fucking loved it. <laughs> so much. Watch it twice in the same day. Uh, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning at number five. Uh, ben Affleck's great movie Air at number four. Saltburn at number three. Barbie at two and Oppenheimer at one. Just going to go right there. That's it. Okay. <laughs> what were your, I know you don't rank them, but what were your phase? I know May December um, is definitely one of yours. Well, my number one of the year would be Oppie. Okay. Great. Again, so we have the same number one. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and then I love I love May December, um, Air. Uh what else did I like? Um American fiction. I enjoyed. Really good. Uh Barbie. The killer. How many is that? Like six? I don't That's even know. That's good. That's six. Yeah. What did I say? Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm Barbie, American Fiction, The Killer. Yeah, May, December. Yeah, uh, Margaret, Aaron. I really like. Okay. So how many is that? That's eight, I think. Eight? Okay. Well, wow. yeah. Um, I I like 
poor things a lot. It's just like the end gets a little unwieldy for me. Yeah, I would agree with that. But I, I really like it. Um, and then one more. I don't know. Um, I like Anatomy of a Fall. Did I say that? No, that's a good one. I that was in my like that's in my top twenty. Yeah, I like that a lot. I like Priscilla a lot too, and and the Iron Claw. Iron Claw, I want to watch again. I did enjoy that a lot. It's on my top twenty five, maybe. Uh, yeah. I also I, enjoyed Zone of Interest, although like I I don't want to watch it again. Yeah, that's why I'm like for me I'm like I just want to watch. I, 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 right now I just pick things like I'm like did I really like watching that? I could I could sit there and be like. Here are all these highfalutin movies. Yeah, like some of these that I just said, I've since seen again. Yeah. So. Zone of Interest is not one I'm going to watch again. No, but I I really liked it. Appreciate the artistic achievement. Yes. Uh, uh, You know, great filmmaking, beautiful filmmaking. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Some of them I I watched and I'm like, oh, this is great. Like I watched almost all of those again. Four things I still haven't seen a second time. And I agree with you. My memory of it is... It, it's a it's a long sit at the last act well i think we talked about this maybe offline but i was like ready for it to end and then something happened yeah same <laughs> and i'm uh, like and oh we're here for another like 15 minutes yeah yeah uh but great so, great fun though yeah but you know it's it's been a good year i think i i liked more movies than i did not like yeah, I would say like my favorite year of recent memory is 2019. I still think that's like the best uh, year. Iconic year. This year's not as good as that year. It's definitely the best year since 2019, though. And also mm-hmm. there's a lot of like like a lot of good movies that I think are maybe not great or all time great. Yeah, but, like, like, some, like I, I enjoyed the holdovers and right. Maestro and Flower Moon, but yeah. like they're not my faves. And like even like Iron Claw, I'm like, that's a good, very good movie, but it's like there's just a lot of very good movies. I feel like there's a lot of like three and a half out of five on Letterboxd for me. Mm-hmm. It felt like there was a lot of strong stuff. What have you changed on Letterboxd? Because you do that often. Oh, I do that all the time. Recently, it was Home Alone, probably to four stars from three and a half because I was just like movie rules. Uh, sometimes I'll go back on new stuff because, like you were saying, like it's tough when you walk out of something. This is stupid. You need need some time to digest. So I'll always like do it like a log right away, and then. then I'll be like, wait, I gave this new movie that's totally fine the same star rating as like fucking, you know, Die Hard or whatever. That seems dumb because like Die Hard is the best or just using it as an example or like Home Alone. I'm like, wait, Home Alone is not a four star movie, but like, you know, Creed 3 is. Come on, let's be serious. It's not not Creed 3 down to like three and a half. Great movie, a lot of fun, but it's not Home Alone, you know. Like that's how I try to think. Nothing about can it. be Home Alone. How do you feel about Home Alone Two: Lost in New York? Well, I've watched that a lot too, Joyce. And I gotta yeah, say, yeah, I only watch those two. I don't watch the direct to video. <laughs> oh, I've been trying to talk to my my daughter, and she'll be like, "Let's watch the third one." I'm like, "That's not real." I was like, "They're no, not." No, not the same only people. that's only two. That's it. Uh, I think the second one's not as good. It's definitely a rehash of the first one. I, my biggest problem with the second one is that I actually think it's a good premise for a movie, and it's very fun. But there's literally no reason for the wet bandits to be in it again. And obviously they're only in it because Pesci and Daniel Stern are so iconic. And it's like, that's part of the bit. But the weakest part of the movie is like them being in it and then just getting tortured by Kevin. So I'm like, doesn't really need to be in it. Yeah. I mean, I, I enjoy it. And obviously I watch it all the time too. 
Um, but it's kind of like what I, I feel about a lot of sequels, especially of that era where the second one, you just go bigger is like, you kind of blow up, you like take the, the first, the, the premise of the first one and just make it bigger, blow it up more. Cause that's what they also did to the mighty ducks. And you know, I love D2. I know. I know. So they make, somehow they make a 90 minute movie, a two hour movie. But you know what? Brenda Fricker, man. She's good. It's, it's fine. It's just not as good as the original, obviously. Uh, and just really poor uh, parenting and grown-up skills on display. Kevin gets on the plane, and the steward, the flight attendant is like, "Do you see your dad?" And he's like, "Yep, there he is." Just and points. she's like, "Just points." Great, that's fine. Great. Fuck Great. off. Go ahead, kid. Nah, it's it's just a different time. Don't go up to the man and say, "Sir, sister, kid." No. I mean, I know it's pre nine eleven, obviously, and airline security is just a lot different. But man, he just is like, "I don't have a ticket. It fell on the floor." And they're like, "Get on the plane, kid." Yeah, it's fine. We don't need to look you up or anything. So. The parents being like, got everybody on the plane. We're not going to think to even look for another kid. He's the smallest one. I'm sure he'll be able to get on the plane. If you no already problem. left him home alone once, you know, this this won't happen again. He's at the airport. Nothing can go wrong. Uh, this one's from Jason Joyce. Hi, Joyce and Chris. I've been a longtime listener. I just never bothered to send anything in, but here I am. Uh, who would Leonardo DiCaprio put on ballot for best actor this year? He knows he's not going to win. But would he vote for himself out of principle or would he vote for Bradley or Killian Murphy? And that's 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 a hurtful. Are we talking about nomination or for the win? Oh no. I since choice, I put him back in my predictions. Well, yeah, because you only did not have him in because of your bet with David Ehrlich. Right, out of pride. So I put him back in. Uh though I will say David Ehrlich texted me unprompted a couple weeks ago. I was like, I think I, I'm feeling I'm feeling like you might win the bet. And then I was like, I don't think I am because. Uh, Wait, so so who does he have in his top five? I assume he was thinking maybe like Rustin would make it in. I'm sure everybody has the same four with like Jeffrey, Killian, Paul Giamatti, and Bradley. But I think Leo's going to get in too. And so yeah, like that's the consensus five at this point. Yeah. Um, and Rustin's just like weak. Yeah. You know. Um. I mean. Okay, well, generally. Yeah, but just generally. I feel like this is like how many? How many? I get like we could talk about actors specifically in this case, but like, how many people do you think vote for themselves? Like, I would think all of them do. Yes. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. That's a crazy thing. Why would you not vote for yourself? Yeah. So I think like he would vote for himself as one of the five in the nomination phase, and then vote for himself to win. Yeah. I, I totally agree. So, I don't think there's but anything if, wrong I guess, with that. like, if that's a rule that you can't vote for yourself, who would he vote for? I think he would vote for Bradley because he shared language coaches with Bradley, according to the Directors on Directors interview with Spike Lee. Yeah, um, he introduced them to him for American Sniper. Yes. Um. Yeah, I, f- I feel like they're... Well, so, like, are we just assuming the consensus five are the nominees? Yes. Yeah, like I think he would probably vote for Bradley because, like, I feel like they're friends. You know, they run in similar circles. Right. Um, I think they would. But, he would vote for Bradley too. Do you think that would be his favorite performance, though? Well, what do you think he thought of Oppenheimer having been a Nolan guy and then not being an Oppenheimer? I think I think he likes Oppenheimer. I mean, I think he would too. Yeah. But like, is he gonna be like, why am I not in that movie? I don't know. I mean, like, he could also just vote for Killian, you know, Inception Buddies. Right, that's what I mean. So, but I, I don't think, like, they're, like, I think, you know, they're friendly, but they're not, like, friends. Yeah, 
I don't you know, know. Leo's friends with like Toby, obviously, and like Kevin Connolly. My fave, Toby McGuire. So, uh, yeah. Um, Who's Bradley friends with? You think? A lot of people. Yeah. Brooke Shields. Spike Lee. They got along famously. That was great. Spike is still waiting for his Maestro screener, but it's now on Netflix, so you can watch. That was it. the best. Ted Sarandos, where my screener at? He's seen it three times already, but he still wants a screener to watch it. He's absolute king. No fucks at all. My favorite part of that whole directors and directors was him taking down notes during the whole chat. It was great. I thought it was like really good. Uh, It made me think that watching that, I was like, Bradley's going to get in. Spielberg, Scorsese, Spike. If if, if Spike stuffs the ballots. Well, Spielberg and Scorsese too. I thought it was interesting that he was like, "What notes did Scorsese give?" And he's like, "I know." You have and then to he, ask him. he wouldn't say anything. <laughs> but it was funny to me that like Spielberg was much more hands-on on this than Scorsese. It seemed like there's pictures yeah. of Spielberg on the set, and Scorsese just sitting there being like, "Yeah, Marty you know, okay. is more of like the 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 vanity EP." Yeah, you know? I guess so. Yeah. Uh, this one is from Ken Joyce. We have a couple left, and then we're gonna wrap up and say Happy New Year to uh, to end out close out the year. Uh, this one's from Ken. Uh, it's directed just to me, but you, you'll make fun of me as well, probably for this. Hi, Chris. Uh, I wasn't at the Ted Lasso panel over the weekend, but it appears you've become a meme. Thanks to your enthusiasm for Hannah Waddingham's work in the final season. What's this new level of fame like? Was this your mission intention all along? And do you really think this was her best season? Joyce, I was- You have, uh, you have become a meme. Congratulations. I was asked this weekend- uh, this is we're recording this as I said before Christmas uh, over uh, December I guess on 17th, the 17th I hosted a, a SAG uh, nomcom panel with the cast of Ted Lasso this, right before on, SAG on voting Eve because voting open on the 18th lovely group Joyce you'll be happy to know I have many of them now winning Emmys including Jason Sudeikis that's what, that's what you gotta do and Hannah Waddingham them, so. uh and I asked about, I will say this. I asked about third season and I said, Hannah, in the third season, maybe her best stuff. I would actually argue that's a fair and accurate statement. I think she was great in the third season. I mean, we're talking about performance. And yeah, I, I think yes. actors innocent because they tried their best. Yes. And material I think had, is a different story. So here's what I would say. I think she had a lot of great material in the third. We've talked about this and I'm definitely more pro Ted than you are, but obviously the consensus uh, broadly is that the third season, not as successful, at least critically as the second and first. Uh, yes. And I would also say the case too for Rebecca's storyline. So the storylines no, were not what you want, Bob. Um, not great, Bob, but uh, all the stuff that she does in a vacuum is great. No, like I, I that's I just agreed. Like I think performance-wise, the actors are innocent. Yes, because yes. they they try their best. But, yeah. um, yeah, the material lacking, and also the whole season was we we talked about this. Like, I I was I have I rewatched a lot of it. I was like I think it actually in the moment definitely was getting a bad. I, I don't think I don't think it's as good as the first two seasons, but I don't think it's like a total flop. I actually thought it was pretty good. Well, yeah, well again, like we talked about this too. Like I think it's it's kind of like like individual moments work right it's right. like the viral moments work it's, it's really good well. for the and like tiktoks but like overall as a like cohesive season maybe not so much so, and i will say this, yeah, you, I, you did you did become a meme i think also so, I'll, to, not to de- defang the meme but i mean i think she was more like rolling her eyes at me saying that she was great because she was very she's very modest i mean like she is british so right. but right. but yeah you became a meme if in, anybody doesn't know because you said 
that season three and the finale were her best yeah. or yeah. something. I think her best. And then she she made a face. So then that became the meme. I think that's taken out of context, though, because I think she was just like being modest. I don't think she actually thinks that. I think she, based on just but talking to them all, it they doesn't really matter like the, the intention or the reason. You became a meme because then I can't, like the algorithm, because I know you and everything. I got God. so many TED related tweets in my feed with just a screen grab of her, that clip of her, and then awesome. people just quoting you. They, they just called you interviewer. I love that they, nobody. And they I were, they were I'm invoking, glad that I was just an interviewer. I don't like. Yeah, they were invoking, um, you know, the legendary Amelia Clark interview when yes. she was asked about the Game of Thrones. That's right my favorite one. That's, that is yeah. my favorite. It's one. just like corporate wants you to point out the difference between these two pictures. They're the same. So good. Uh, I will say one thing that made me laugh. This this is not part of the meme, but it made, in in the lot of, lot of you know, it's not the final season of Ted Lasso officially, right, Joyce? It's the Richmond way that's next, right? Well, who knows? But they, it was like, you know, we don't want to like, th that was not something people want to talk about, or at least that's not like something you want to focus on. And then like, so I wasn't going to be like, oh, like, and, and they've talked about it a million times. So how stupid is it just asking again? Like, hey, you're going to do a fourth season and then be like, it's up to Jason. And Jason be like, you know, I don't know, whatever. Right. That's kind of like how it's been going this the last like year. So I wasn't going to mention it. And Hannah Wanahan immediately was like, well, it was the last season basically, you know? So I was just like, that's funny. Yeah, it's like we all know, but like it's like you can't talk about it. Right. But she didn't know? care. She was just like, I'm gonna talk about it. And they're all yeah. they were all lovely people and all seemingly get along in real life. Yeah. So, well, uh, also since then, because they were all because they were all, all just like in New York and they they yes. all went to SNL the night yes. before. And Jeremy Swift has since grammed like them on the stage on SNL and like in his caption, he was like, This is one of the last times we'll all be together. Yeah. Uh, they seem like they're having a great time together. They all really I mean, like why not? Just, you know, one last hurrah. Yeah. So. Uh, and we got a couple here on this because I guess we're recording this on, like I said, Wednesday before Christmas. But uh, yesterday, uh, Jonathan Majors received a conviction, Joyce, and was summarily fired from Marvel as Kang. So we got a couple of these here. Uh, this one is from Eric. Do you think Marvel should recast Kang in the wake of firing Jonathan Majors? Or should it pivot entirely away from the character? If you squint really hard, you might be able to find a way out given the events of the Loki finale. That's that's what I think too, actually, Joyce. I mean, they can do anything. They're they're rewriting it because they hired last month, they hired Michael Waldron, who did Loki season one. Love that guy. Saw him at Telluride this year during the writer's yeah, show. I, I talked up. to him last year for Loki. Yeah. So. He was just like a get like hanging around, like walking around. It was good yeah. I didn't so say hi, but I, they I were like him. the the plans were already like in the works before like I think you know they didn't fire him before the verdict um because yeah. they didn't want to open themselves up to like any possible lawsuits like in case Probably. he was found innocent even you know, if he like, was found innocent though I don't think they would have kept him no but it's like it's it's like he if, if they like bought him out of his contract like he could have sued or something you know right. Like, this is cleaner because, like, he was found guilty. Right. They were ready. But anyway, um, I, I think, like, they've, they've been, like, planning this anyway. Just, you know, ideas out there. And, I mean, they can really do anything um, because of the Loki finale and because, like, Kang, like, he, he could be played by anybody and could be any variant. So that's another question we got. I, before we get to that, I would just say, like, Based on so the rollout has been like he was in season one of of Loki as Kang, 
and very well, much he was he who remains, he remains right but, uh very much tied to loki and then was the big bad in ant-man 3 which everyone now hates even though it's perfectly fine not a great movie and but not terrible. That. yeah and then he de- defeated at the end of that but then we saw in the post credits a lot of kangs Yes, and then also uh, it it teed up season two of Loki, Victor Timely, another variant, and that's who was in Loki season two, who gets turned into spaghetti. Multiple times. Very cathartic, I think. And then... So, uh, so they could be done with him. And then it ends, but there's like lines they added in, whether through ADR or whatever, where the him... Uh, um, I forget who... It's like Owen Wilson and a uh, uh, woman named... Um, uh, who plays the... I forget her name. Wumi Musaku? Yes. And I think she says it, or does Owen say it? But like, basically, like we could just round. We're gonna round up the rest of the Kang variants, basically, at the end of Loki season two. And like they, because they also, so F- Avengers five was gonna be called the Kang Dynasty. Yes. And now it's just Avengers. being referred to as Avengers five. Yes. Uh, and they guess they're gonna they could do Secret Wars. They're gonna bring in the X Men. They could get Doctor Doom in here for Fantastic Four. It just feels like. They will not recast this character. Um, and I think they'll just move on. My That's my perspective, at least. Yeah, like they can easily move on. Um, and uh, I think that would be fine. But if so then the other question was uh, somebody else emailed and asked who should Oscar or Emmy nominated actor that Marvel should cast to replace Jonathan Majors? Um. Well, well, yesterday on Twitter, a lot of people wanted John Boyega. And, and John Boyega had a response that was uh, near and dear to my Shrek he, he loving He already heart. responded at, like, last year. Like, no. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, I mean, so they've, they've recast Rhodey and Hulk. Yes. Um, Both of those for not legal reasons. Yes. So I I don't know if it needs to be an Oscar or Emmy nominee. So actors I find interesting. Um I would love I love Kelvin Harrison Jr. And I think he would make a great Kang based on he's a little younger, I think, than Jonathan Majors, but like I think he'd be like pretty good. And be able yeah, to do I also saw a lot of Trevante Rhodes. Trevante Rhodes would be interesting. I think the thing that Majors brought to it was that and it remains to be seen but there's a lot of like there's so many different variants that it could you could have an actor who is like have a lot of different skills could be really fun in that role right and like Helen Harrison I think could do like serious like foreboding drama and then like silly stuff like Victor Timely I think he'd be like really good Trondi Rhodes would be great because I think his physicality is awesome and he was great in the uh not just in Moonlight Joyce but in the Predator uh terrible predator movie he made uh he was awesome uh i think like even if they do recast like he won't be like the the big bad anymore no and they'll move away and like also they set up a lot of stuff and they set up young avengers and the marvels remember the marvels marvels was pretty good i'm gonna I go like the marvels they I got a you know way better, better than people said i would yeah. say um but yeah, they, and, and, you know, Marvel's going through it right now, too. So I could see them just kind of 
changing I mean they're changing a lot anyway but I, I can see them just changing things wholesale for five and six like they've already been pushed back also because of strikes anyway so I they think they could do a lot of different things I do you think they'll bring back any like the eternal stuff No, I mean, it's funny because people, every time a Marvel movie comes out, people are like, no one's talked about that thing sticking out of the ocean from the Eternals. Not even the Eternals care about that, I don't think, at this point. No, and yeah, like, they've they've just, like, they've done too much. Like, they've introduced too many new characters, and they have not gone back to any of them. Like, we've talked about this. It feels like a lot of wheel like, spin. You know this is, when we're yeah. going to see these people again. I think this will be a great way to reset. And I think the, between the delays and everything, and we'll see what Deadpool does next year. And that's the only Marvel movie. And then. Yeah. You know. And like now they're also basically reshooting all of Cap 4. You wow. Know? Is that real? I didn't even know that. Yeah. Because they got it got a new screenwriter and everything. And they were, they were basically like almost done. Wow. So. Tracy, you know this stuff. You you follow the, the, the I tweets. I love Marvel. That. Yeah. No, the Marvel's good. Mm -hmm. uh joyce that's it that's the last email from our, our year-end mailbag episode uh if, you, if i don't read one of your emails then sorry about that um and we'll but that's see it for 2023 and then in 2024 we'll rank our favorite yeah questions. we're gonna rank our favorite emailers and our email our favorite emailers <laughs> uh and then i guess next week joyce we've got a double week we've got our uh we'll do our creative arts emmys predictions and our golden globe predictions separate separate episodes yeah, remember the Emmys? Not really. I, I gotta say, I went looking at my picks after the Ted Lasso thing, and I was like, I don't even remember why I'm predicting some of these things. Well, did you look at both the main show and creative arts? Yes. Because we have to creative arts first. No, I know. I looked at both. I will say for the main show, I, I now have a beef sweep. I just have beef winning every acting category. I have a four, four acting. Did you talk to Maria Bello? I did talk to Maria Bello. Uh, you might be surprised to find out that I did. And she was lovely. And uh, I ended up putting her in first. I think people win everything. So we'll talk about that the following uh, week, Joyce, I guess. Yeah. I mean, vote, voting for Emmys, that's closed. It closed back in I August. Know, I know. I know. I'm just saying, like, I think we were sleeping on beef being very strong. So we'll do Creative Arts and Golden Globes next week. Um. Yeah. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Joyce. Wow. I can't wait. I'll talk to you next year. Mm. Wow. All right. See ya. Bye. For all things Hollywood competition and award season, head to goldderby.com and follow us on social media at Gold Derby.